Welcome back to Key Messianic Prophecies, a podcast brought to you by Telios, a private 501c3 nonprofit foundation uh, dedicated to the research and accurate teaching of the Bible, founded by Bill and Jeanette Stewart. My name is Cole Burgett, and I will be your host for this episode, where we will cover the prophecy found in Genesis 49, verses 8 through 12, discussing the Lion of Judah. So, uh, to begin, Uh, Let's make sure we have our context. In Genesis 49, we are dealing with Jacob, the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham. Uh, Jacob is on his deathbed, and he is uh, handing out his final blessings uh, to his 12 sons. Now, the sons are arranged here in uh, order of birth, which is nothing unusual. However, when Jacob gets to Judah, who has played a very significant role in certain events up to this point in the story... Jacob says some pretty interesting things, and that's what this episode is going to look at. Here are the verses of interest. As for you, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who dares to stir him up? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. He ties his foal to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine, and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are dull from wine, and his teeth white from milk. Now, we'll want to remember that the entire book of Genesis moves to track the seed of the woman from Genesis 3.15. And we track that promise through Jacob, who has 12 sons. Now, Judah, it's important to note, is not the firstborn. That would be Reuben. And after him are Simeon and Levi. Judah is fourth. But notice as Jacob goes down the list of his 12 sons, He notes their flaws. Specifically, he notes their disdain for the significance of the seed. He notes how all three of them forfeit uh, their claim to the seed. But when we get to Judah, we see something different. And this is in keeping with Judah's character arc throughout the rest of Genesis. Remember, it's Judah who actually has a change of heart. He ultimately gets his own wickedness, so to speak, and comes to understand the heart of God. Remember that Joseph, uh, whom they do not know as Joseph just yet, uh, when they're in Egypt, threatens Benjamin. And it is Judah who offers himself as a sacrifice on behalf of his brother, uh, doing what he failed to do for Joseph all those years before when the brothers sold Joseph uh, into slavery in Egypt. And Judah's willingness to lay down his own life moves Joseph to tears. So, though Judah is not the firstborn, he is ultimately the son who has regard for the promised seed. This is the purpose of that really bizarre account in Genesis 38 where Judah really fouls up with regard to his daughter-in-law, Tamar. And she uh, plans to sleep with him, her father-in-law, and she does so that she might become pregnant. And and when her deception is discovered, 
Judah actually calls her righteous despite her actions because she understood her own right to the seed, having married into the family. Ultimately, Judah's son Perez is the one with whom the promised seed will rest through Tamar, and the seed will be lost in the mix as the story takes us down into Egypt and ultimately into the, the really well-known Moses narrative. But it's going to get picked up again in a little book called Ruth. Check out the genealogy at the end of that book, which is going to reveal to us just why the character of Boaz is so important. And we'll talk about Ruth and the story of Boaz in more detail in a future episode. Now, having established Judah's significance, we see that Jacob delivers a fascinating oracle regarding Judah's lineage. Despite not being firstborn, he is recognized as the leader of the twelve sons, elevating him to a position that will result in him being the progenitor of the eventual Messiah, the promised seed. As we read this oracle, we catch the future thrust of the prophecy. These are things that will come to pass. We see the language that positions this lineage uh, as one of rulership. The scepter will not depart from Judah, the oracle reads, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Judah is an important figure in the biblical narrative for this reason. As the brother who emerges as the leader, it is through his line that Messiah will come. Fast forward to the New Testament, to Revelation 5 specifically. Here Jesus is referred to in verse 5 as the Lion of Judah. And again, we see the language of the Lion beginning here in Genesis 49. And when we look at Jesus' genealogy in Matthew 1, we see that indeed his lineage is traced through Judah and Tamar. I hope this brief survey of Genesis 49 has connected some of the dots regarding Jesus' genealogy and helped to frame both the character of Judah and the story of Tamar a little more clearly within the context of the broader biblical narrative. This fascinating prophecy delivered by Jacob is only going to become more prominent and significant as we continue through the Old Testament, heading toward the establishment of the Davidic lineage and the kingship of the nation, ultimately culminating in Jesus himself. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Key Messianic Prophecies, uh, and we'll see you next time where we will be going to Deuteronomy 18. <laughs>